Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam. And your daddy for the evening, Sarah. <laughs> in today's episode, we'll be discussing books with daddy kink. I did want to add in some trigger warnings for discussion of eating disorders, specifically anorexia, kidnapping, spitting, age play, and violence. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Okay, so to start off, I just need to say, Sarah is really going to be the control of this episode. I'm going to be the daddy of this episode. (laughs) This is her thing. So I'm just going to let Sarah take over from here and tell us all about the different types of daddies. Exactly. So you all know how long I have begging for this episode. And it's finally here. And I'm so (laughs) excited. And, you know, daddy kink may be something that you don't think you're into. It's not necessarily something that I would ever use in my real life. Uh, But I like the tropes of it and I like reading it. And so I'm going to run through some different types of daddies. First type, you've got your daddy dom. This type of daddy usually wants control of every aspect and it can definitely tie into the BDSM lifestyle quite a bit. You can expect punishments from this type of daddy and they usually want to be called that all the time. Like it is not just in the bedroom, everywhere they are daddy. Type number two, caretaker daddy. Sweet daddy, usually more of a pleasure dom. Likes the name because it's sweet and caretaker-ish. There's usually a lot more standard relationship except for inside of the bedroom. Uh, Daddy by name only. Some some guys and ladies just want to be here, like, (laughs) called daddy in bed or as a joke, and that's what they're into. And then the last type of daddy, which uh, I think is what a lot of people bundle everything into and probably have the hardest time with is age play daddy. Um, This is the most taboo out of the bunch and this is when you will see things like bigs and littles, their partner may regress in age, and daddy takes care of everything. This is usually a 24-7 type deal um, and age play obviously isn't all of the time but it is usually a part of their relationship. I do want to just say right here, we will not be kink shaming anyone. We don't kink shame. Uh, So if this is your deal, good for you. (laughs) And I've read plenty of them, so I'll get get into that part once we get there. But I firmly believe that if you're going to go by the name Daddy, you need to be nice. Um, I have read some Daddy books where they want to be called Daddy, but they are mean. And I do not like that. I like my Daddy nice spoiling me, taking care of me, and spanking is fine. That's the, that's the daddy that I like. Sarah has very strong feelings about this because when she reads books that have uh, daddy characters in it that are on the meaner side, I feel like she gets like personally offended that someone <laughs> would write a daddy character that would, was not kind. Yeah, it just doesn't add up to me. Like, when I hear daddy, daddy kink, it is, I'm going to take care of you, you're mine, but I, like, um, I just don't like the mean daddy. It's just not for me. you got to be a nice daddy. All right, we're going to start off with two books by Brianna Hale. The first book we're going to discuss is Come to Daddy. So this book follows our female main character who just had her parents die. And at the funeral for her parents, she finds out that her dad stole quite a bit of money from what we're going to say is kind of like the bad guy of the story. And he says that he needs them. They've recovered most of it, but they're still, what was it, Sarah, like $750,000 or something like that. It's significant. Like it's a house. It's a lot of money. Yeah, so there's still like over half a million dollars that she has to pay back. And she has been separated from her parents for a long time. She doesn't have any of this money. She's been independent for years because she didn't agree with their choices. And now she's scrambling trying to figure out where she's going to get this money from. 
And it just so happens that a kind person in one of her classes suggests (laughs) sugaring and she signs up for a sugar baby website. And who uh, other than the bad guy's brother winds up being our sugar daddy. He just gets this little feel in his tingly daddy heart that he needs to help this girl. And by doing so, he is going to be her sugar daddy. But the thing is, is that he does not have a personality of a sugar daddy at all in their first date. He, like, he's just kind of, like, socially inept for their first date. And she's like, I'm Uh not seeing you again. Like, you can't even compliment me or try to have a conversation. And his uh, assistant is amazing and she's like you need to stop being such a stuck-up asshole like you gotta get her gifts you gotta be nice and he's like all right i'm i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna take her out on another date and when they go on this other date like sparks fly he says come to daddy in the back of the limo and i was done i was done (laughs) five stars I told Sarah immediately, like, a few pages into this book that his assistant was the best character. She just was, like, everything I needed. She's, like, the comic relief of the book. And she is going out of her way to help her boss, like, solve this problem. And she's just such an awesome character. The female main character in this story was a little bit too naive for me. There were so many times when I was just like, why do you keep putting yourself in these extremely dangerous situations? Like she's trying to deliver money to the bad guy and the receptionist is like, no, you have to go see him to deliver the money in the basement. So she she goes down to the basement and just like watches him fucking murder a guy in front of her. And it's like, why are you there? You know that there's these things called like wireless transfers, right? Like you could be giving him this money any other way than dropping it off in person. It's so dumb. I will say a common trope in daddy books is the female main character is sometimes a little too stupid to live. And that's why she needs a daddy so badly. It's because she's like barely hanging on, barely keeping herself alive. So she needs this man with money to come in and take care of her and she doesn't have any problems. And I will say the assistance book is book number two and it does not have daddy kink in it, but Actually, I really love book number two more, and that's called Lap of Luxury. Sam's definitely going to have to read it. She's going to love it. It's like two psychopaths in love. It's it's awesome. Yeah, so speaking of the assistant, at the end of this book just really feels unfinished because it's like setting you up for the second book. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yay, they get their happily ever after. But he fucking left the assistant for dead. Like, he was like, my brother is going to lose his fucking mind when he finds out that we left. And he's like trying to call his assistant and she doesn't answer right away. So he's like, okay, bye. We're getting on this plane and leaving you behind. And it's like, what the fuck, my guy? Like, you're really just going <laughs> to let her deal with your psycho brother all on her own like it was really fucked up but i will say book number two picks up like exactly it, it, it it's even though it's two different couples it is a duet um and it picks up exactly where that left off um and they're definitely more of an interesting couple but i will say i feel like uh this book did a really good job of how they described sugaring uh, you can tell that the author did a lot of research um on some safe ways to sugar and what you should look out for and things like that. Yes, I do feel I feel as though this was a pretty positive um, representation of sex work and sugaring in general. Um, I liked the amount of research that went into it and the portrayal of it, as well as like the positivity surrounding like her perception of sugaring. So I did appreciate that. All right. Our second book by Brianna Hale is Control Freak. I do want to say um, some pretty big triggers for uh, anorexia and discussion of an eating disorder. This book triggered me and I do not have a documented eating disorder. I've never like struggled with anorexia, but there was a lot of talk in this book that was like really negative self-talk and a lot of very vivid discussions about how the female main character was like perceiving herself. That was very triggering for like my depression and anxiety of like, Oh my goodness. Like this female main character hates herself. And it got really dark sometimes like this 
I wouldn't even call this book like a romance at heart. Like this is very much a book that spends the majority of the time talking about this female main character's um, mental illness and like her struggle with her eating disorder. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough read. And I think you're right. Like, I don't think at its heart it's a romance. Um, but I do feel like I, w- I was a little bit on the fence of like, it was kind. It was kind of hard because she needed him in order to learn to love herself, and without mm-hmm. him, she couldn't find that. Uh, but at the same time, that's kind of the reality of a lot of people's lives. You know what I mean? Is that you have to find someone to validate you enough to get you out of that hole. So while I don't think it was the most healthy way for her to find herself, um, it's realistic. Yeah, I've always hated that like mantra of you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else because it's just patently not true. Like there are plenty of people who struggle with like their self-worth and how they view themselves who love people like truly. So like that sort of talk isn't helpful. But like when you look at their relationship and you can see how much it was helping her, especially I really enjoyed like the how him putting her into subspace and like using those elements of a BDSM relationship to help put her in a mindfulness headspace was very helpful. I also really liked how her therapist was like very open to her discussion of this relationship and how it could be helpful to her and her mental health. Like I think a lot of this was done very well. I just think people really need to go into it with their eyes open, especially if they have a history of eating disorders, because I could see this book being extremely triggering. Yeah, I think even not even just eating disorders, if you've had a hard relationship with food in general, mm-hmm. um, this can be a really hard read. Uh, but another thing that I did like is that she is so normal, right? She's pretty. She has money, but she still has a major problem that she can't get over you know what I mean she's someone who seems like she has it all but she doesn't yeah I do want to say that with both of the Brianna Hale books that I read the pacing of her books throws me off so much like the beginning pacing starts out really good I'm really happy with like how the relationship is progressing and like how the characters are interacting with each other but then at like 60% in both of the books I read the romance hits like warp speed and they're like I love you and I'm like how how did we get to this point already how are we proposing already how are we to this point when like 10 pages ago we were still like on the verge of breaking up or just getting back together like it really the first 60% feels so good and then the last 40% just feels like everything's on fast forward and it just really takes me out of the story it I don't know if anyone else has felt that way reading um either of her books but goodness it really bothered me I don't remember that (laughs) uh and I I I don't feel that way about um, A Lap of Luxury either. That's kind of more of like a mafia, mafia-esque mafia feeling book. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, like he kidnaps her and they're on a yacht. Um, but she's kind of crazy and like she's really into it. So I feel like that one kind of just like off the gate is <laughs> like off the rails. Um, and it's been a while since I've read these two books too. So that's not something that I would completely remember. Uh, But basically, general gist of this book, because I just realized we never gave a summary. Uh, (laughs) She comes to work for him as his assistant at an art gallery. Um, She's trying to figure out her eating disorder. She had just gotten out of an inpatient facility and is still in active therapy and active recovery. Um, He takes on a role of being her daddy dom, where she basically does whatever he says And it helps her to not feel so out of control in her life and also helps her to get into like that meditative headspace where her what she kind of describes it as her anorexia voice where it's like that voice of self-loathing. I wasn't a huge fan of like the othering of mental illness of her being like there are two different people inside of me and it's like. No, it's it's just you and your brain. You and your Mm -hmm. brain are trying to figure out how to live with each other and be healthy um but basically 
he's trying to help her as much as possible. She relapses quite a bit and gets back into a dark space. And then when she starts like getting on the road to recovery again, it's like, boom, we're getting engaged. And it's like it really kind of fast forwards once she gets out of the inpatient facility again. So that part of it really felt like trying to I'm trying to think of the right words. It felt like trying to um, like God. fast forward a happy ending, like make it super happy instead of just ending it where it, it needed to end. Yeah, like the, she was trying to wedge a romance into what was largely a mental health story. Like she, she's like, I'm going to force this happily ever after in here if it's the death of me. And it's like, girl, this I'm I would be fine if you just made like the majority of the end of it about her recovery and you didn't have to like force them to get engaged by the end like that I didn't need all that so next is one that I just read uh it's Tyrant by Sarah Bailey um and this book is very like uh London mafia um she comes to him for protection after killing her uncle uh, because he was trying to sexually assault her. Um, and for whatever reason, he decides that he wants to protect her. He's mainly just really attracted to her, so that's why. He owns a sex club, and he is all about the submission, but does not want to be tied down to anybody. He doesn't like the idea that his family wants him to get married, and he just doesn't want that connection to someone, someone who can be his weakness. Um, but that doesn't happen. This is a very sub-dom relationship. Like, he has her um, on her knees while he works, petting her hair. She has a collar. Uh, there's a lot of spitting. Um, he likes to be called Daddy. And a very odd nickname that he gives her that I really wasn't into is Tink. Like, Tinkerbell. Okay. I, like, it just took me out of the moment whenever he said it. But all the other pet names were fine. Um, it's very praise kink heavy. Uh, she, of course, at first was leery about calling him daddy. Uh, but then, of course, like the rest of us, she's into it. Um, <laughs> for me, this definitely felt more of like erotica kink here's all of this stuff that they're doing here's spitting and and doing all these things uh versus more of like feeling their romance uh but i definitely enjoyed it you know sarah bailey always brings the spice in all of her books mm -hmm. uh so i mean like when, when you're in the mood for spice and for kink you know pick up a sarah bailey book <laughs> she really just takes her spice to another level too like there there are no like vanilla sex scenes in a sarah bailey book like she at all times she's just taking it to a level 100 and i'm just saying like you might think you're not into spitting but just read it like you don't have to be spit on in person <laughs> but like like there's a lot of things we read that i would not want to do in real life but like reading it you're like mm, yeah I kind of like that. But yeah, he's, he's, uh, Sarah on her, uh, TikToks and call, stuff calls him Spit Daddy. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Daddy's Angel by K.A. Knight. This book is just smut. Like, straight up. At the, at the end of the day, it's just smut. This is a, um, my ex boyfriend's dad romance where she was with, her ex and then met his dad and immediately is attracted to his dad she spends a while like with you get a lot in the beginning of like her fucking her ex and the dad is like watching or is hearing them and he's like really into her and finally she finds out of course that the ex was cheating on her or he broke up with her or something along those lines and um the dad seeks her out because she works at a burlesque club. And things just kind of pop off from there. But my God, <laughs> this book was so much longer than it needed to be. I really need some authors to start editing for brevity. <laughs> it, it was far longer than it needed to be. Um, but there is a lot of really good smut in this book. Uh, he is the type of daddy that is really just daddy by name. 
Um, I feel like they have uh, kind of a switch dynamic when it comes to their smut. You know, he's usually in charge, but I wouldn't call him, like, a dom by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, did they both fantasize about his son, like, walking in on them? Yes. At their, that at was various points. They were like, what if he walked in right now? How would you? Would you keep fucking me? And she's like really into it. And he's really into it. It's like, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I like, and, and they like fuck outside too, right? Like uh-huh. not caring that the neighbors see. And we all know how Sam feels about that. Do not put outsiders <laughs> into your business unless they sign up for that. Consent is key, people. Like, you can be... I feel like there are ways to get your, like, public sex fix without involving the public. But, like, (laughs) there's, like, a, oh, someone could walk in. But, like, really, no one's going to walk in, you know? (laughs) Or you could go to a fucking sex club and then, like, take advantage of, like, the voyeur rooms and stuff. Like, this should exist for this exact purpose. Yeah, and uh, the plot, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I did not see the fucking plot twist coming. You got me there. You got me there. (laughs) Like, I, like, it's like she didn't know what to do with Uh the ex-boyfriend, like, uh, like, she didn't want to have to work through it. With the family, so let's just make him a drug addict who dies. That's the easiest way. She was like, we're not going to have any sort of conflict resolution or communication skills. We're just going to fucking kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I got so bored with this book, like, 50% of the way in. Like, I was texting Sarah, like, I... I swear to God, at like 43%, I was like, I got to be like 75% of the way in. And I checked my percentage and I was like, that that cannot be right. There, there's something wrong. <laughs> but I mean, all of Katie Knight's books are very long. Ugh, it kills me. They are very thick. <laughs> thick. But I mean, like, I, like <laughs> it's enjoyable for what it is. And what it is is pure smut. So that, like, if you want to read this book, and I think that uh, as far as, like, Daddy goes, it's a pretty good introduction to Daddy, um, because it also kind of has that taboo aspect of it, of, like, haha, I'm calling him Daddy, and you're my ex-boyfriend's dad. So it's, like, (laughs) double Daddy. Uh, Next up, we have Sarah's possibly favorite Daddy book, Little Dove by Layla Frost. Sarah... Tell us about this book and why you love it so much. So this was my introduction to Daddy Kink, and I I cannot recommend this book enough. Like, this, like, I felt like that meme, that Kumbacha meme, the whole time I was reading it, like, I was like, do I like this? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And now I definitely absolutely like it. So this is set in Vegas. Um, and Maximo is rich, he owns hotels and casinos, um, and what's her name, um, uh, Lila? I don't fuck. I'm the worst at remembering yeah. names. I, I, I will remember all the plot points, but if you ask me to tell you the characters' names, the answer is I cannot. We're gonna call her Little Dove, cause that's what Max. <laughs> I remember. I remember Maximo's name. I remember Maximo's name. Uh, so her dad owes money, and he's not paying up. So he comes to his house. Pew pew. Shoots her dad in the head. She's hiding in the cabinet. And he's like, all right, you're coming home with me. And she's scared shitless. She's like, yo, this guy just murked my dad in the kitchen. Am I next? Meanwhile, he's got this 17-year-old girl sitting on his lap, having these impure thoughts and taking her out to his house in the desert. She tries to run away, which is, like, the dumbest shit I could ever think of. Like, if you've been to Vegas... You cannot be running away when you're in the middle of the desert. You're going to fucking die. It's just desert in all directions. But this this female main character, she is one of those, like, too stupid to live. Uh-huh. Char- and even though, like, they try and paint her, like, 
oh, she's so strong, she's been through so much, but at the same time, like, no one raised her, so it's really not her fault that she's dumb as shit, like, she's, <laughs> she's, she's been, <laughs> she's been through some stuff, and, like, Maximo said, you need a daddy, and she was like, I've had a dad, it didn't work out, he's like, nah, bitch, I didn't say you nah. needed a dad. I said you need a daddy. And she was shook to her core, and so was <laughs> I. And that was the moment for me. It was the christening of, I need a daddy. <laughs> and, then, and then Sarah was forever changed from that moment on. I was reborn at that moment. But yeah, like he, so like I said, she was 17 when he brought her to his house. Um, and he very much is good at keeping away until she turns 18, but he, like, gives her everything. Like, any craft her little heart desires, she changes her mind every three fucking days about what she wants to do. And uh-huh. Maximo is, like, throwing money at it. Oh, she wants to crochet? Here's $2,000 of yarn. Oh, she wants to play Nintendo Switch? Here's a Nintendo... Just, just <laughs> like, every day, like, he makes sure that she finishes school, like... The amount of care and attention he, like, I feel like you don't see that enough of, like, in romances of, like, taking an actual interest in what their partner's hobbies are. Like, in general, Mm -hmm. I don't think there are a ton of hobbies in books, right? But that's real life, and he does that, and as soon as that bitch turns 18, he's like, listen, I'm gonna be your daddy. And she's like... She fights it for, like, 2.5 seconds. And then there's spankings. Like, he wants to be called Daddy Mm 24-7. And that is exactly what he is. He is, like, the epitome of what a daddy should be. When Sarah told me I had to read this, I was, like, skeptical going in. But then there's just something about how Maximo is written... That is just, like, the perfect introduction to Daddy Kink. Like, it's just, like, the perfect balance of strict and sweet and, like, I will provide for you and also be super caring at the same time. And also, like, I guess I could have used more smut here. Like, I will like, agree I, with that. I know, you, I know you put in the notes the smut isn't memorable, but, like... Ta- that's really sticking out to me now as I'm, like, going over the plot in my head. Like, there weren't any scenes that stuck out to me, like, oh, my God, that was so hot. Yeah, no. And and I think that that goes to show what a good book it is, is that it's so memorable to me, even though the smut wasn't anything special. But, like, that man, you touch his girl, you're losing your hand. She does something bad, she's getting spanked. But then you know what? <laughs> He's making her come after, though, so it's all, oh, it's good. all good. It's all good. But, <laughs> I, I, God, Maximo is top-tier daddy. Anyone who is interested in this, I think that this is the perfect book to explore if it's something you're into. I would agree. I think this is a great intro to daddy. Yeah, because right. you need a daddy. <laughs> Next up, we have Act Your Age by Eve Dangerfield. So this one is a bit of a different take on daddy kink. So our female main character um, is kind of naive working for this. Was it like an engineering or construction company? Something that's a very like uh, boy heavy field. Um, So she kind of does the opposite. So I feel like women in like very male dominated fields kind of have two ways that they handle it. Either they go like super boss mode, like I'm going to be the manliest men of them all, or they like stick to their guns and are like, I'm not going to change anything about myself to fit in with you. So she does the second and like dresses super girly all the time and like brings in cookies and like tries to like make everyone love her. And he kind of views her as like, this like the innocent girl of the office basically and they kind of have this like accidental sexual encounter at a work event where he the second hand (laughs) embarrassment i felt (laughs) i wanted to die she thought he was someone else and oh my god like 
the realization of it all was too much. But that kind of like awakened something in both of them where they're like, am I interested in that person? Um, but the daddy really comes in with the role play that they do. So, Sarah, I'm going to let you explain this role play. Yeah. So uh, and I, we, I do want to mention, too, that the female main character has ADHD. Um, and that plays a big role in everything as well. Um, she is medicated, uh, and she is very uncomfortable with who she is and these desires that she has. Um, so when he comes in and he's like, I have these kind of dark thoughts too, they kind of use each other to explore this a little bit more. Um, but yeah, he likes to act like a complete dick and she acts like a teenage girl. And a lot of times he pretends that he's her stepfather and her mom is away and like, I don't know how to really explain it properly, but it's fucking (laughs) hot. I don't know what it was, but like, he just loves being the asshole. And I think it kind of, it's, it's degradation without completely being degradation, If Mm -hmm. that's a good way to say it, like she likes the way he's talking to her and pretending that he is really this bad guy when he's not and things do get rough. Um, And of course, they both try and play like they have no feelings for each other. And it's just this sexual exploration Mm -hmm. when it's not. But I will say one of my favorite things is like Australians are funny as fuck. And there are there are some parts of this book that really had me laughing. Um, Like the sense of humor is just so different and I love it so much. She has another book. Um, I'm going to have to think about it because she has another uh, daddy book uh, that's a little bit different than this. Um, I'm going to think about it. It'll come to me to the end of the episode and I'll mention it. Okay. <laughs> I I enjoyed this one a lot. I did end up reading the sequel. The sequel kind of took a turn. Yeah. Um, it got really kind of dark because a figure from her past comes back and she realizes that she was kind of being groomed and manipulated by this older man. And it's like, it's a very serious subject that I'm not sure is like really given like the do it needed to really explore her feelings on that topic. And then also on top of that, like we get a little bit more exploration into like daddy daughter, little girl play where like she has like a little girl room and like things like that. So it was, it didn't really have the same vibe as the first one. I will say that. Yeah. I don't think it was needed. Um, I, I like the way that the first one ended. Um, And and I don't think we needed that. I would agree. Okay, so before we get into this next one, I have to give a formal apology to Sarah. I didn't read everything that I needed to for the daddy episode, and she's very disappointed in me. I'm very sorry, Daddy Sarah, for not reading the Montana Daddies or the Motorcycle Daddies by Layla Roberts. It was a very busy last few weeks, and I hope that you will forgive me. I'm not going to lie. These are the ones that I wanted her to read the most because these are by far the most intense daddy books that I have read. Um, they're two separate series. And I mean, there is a shit ton of books. I think Montana Daddies has like 20 books and Motorcycle Daddies has like eight or nine. Um, Montana Daddies is this ranch in Montana where it is these open-minded individuals uh, who are really only into this type of relationship um, and it's a place where they can live um, and not have to deal with public scrutiny which honestly is fair enough because I think most of the general public does not understand uh, this type of relationship. Um, all of her books are heavily uh age play. Um, So these guys are daddy 24-7 and in different ways. Each book is different. Um, There are set rules. There are punishments given if they are not followed. And like I said, the age play aspect, which most of the women kind of go into this space of being a different age, uh, whether it's like 
coloring or activities or playing with dolls. Um, I will say the most interesting part of this uh, lifestyle to me is the nap times. I can get down with that. They like <laughs> they're like, all right, you need to go take a nap. Like you wouldn't and wait. They, <laughs> there's nap times. There's nap times. <laughs> I want a nap time. <laughs> they're like. And, like, the girls are always complaining about nap time. And I'm like, I would kill for a nap time. <laughs> um, like Sarah, you know how much I love naps. I, Sam is a nap queen. Nap. I have a sweatshirt that says nap queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm going to just say this, like, don't knock it until you read it. Age play looks a lot different for a lot of people, but you need to keep in mind that everyone is a consenting adult to the arrangement Everyone is of a mindset and ability to be able to consent to this type of lifestyle um, where no one is being harmed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've read like eight Montana daddies and like four uh, motorcycle daddies and I just can't stop. Like sometimes I'm just like, I think that's a little bit too far for me. I don't know if that's for me, but then I just keep going back and <laughs> reading them. Um, they don't really have a lot of smut in them either. Uh, there's just like a couple of little things. Oh, and they're very into butt plugs. Okay. Like, I don't know what it is, but like very, very into butt plugs. Like used during sex or just in general? Like insects and like as a punishment. Like you will have to put the butt plug in and go stand in the corner. Like degradation? Kind of. I mean, a lot of times it's like nose to the corner with your ass out with a butt plug in. Interesting. I, like, I, like, like I'm saying, like, even if you thought, like, age play wasn't something you would ever want to read, like, reading it enough is just, like, fascinating to learn about the lifestyle. Um, everything I have read hasn't, like, gone too far where I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. Um, but... She does a very good job of showing you moments where they're clearly consenting adults in a romantic relationship. This is just an additional aspect of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this is definitely on the further, <laughs> the furthest side of Daddy that I have read. Uh, this is not a good place to start. Um, but if you're interested, you know, I think that they're, they're well written and, uh, you know... Like I said, I keep going back for more, so. <laughs> All right. And next we have Titan by Jillian Graves. Jillian Graves was kind enough to provide us with an arc of Titan so that we could include this in our daddy episode. And this is a monster daddy novel. And it is just everything you could want. Titan is a gargoyle. And this is a paranormal daddy monster romance where Titan is the daddy to a human woman who is in a difficult spot financially um, and has been sugaring. Right? Yeah. She was sugaring. Yes, she okay. sugars. And I'm she's very proud of sugaring, too. Like, she has uh -huh. no qualms about it. She knows what she she does. She knows it's transactional. Um, and I thought that that was very uh, positive, the way she handled the sugar, uh, the daddy and the sugar relationship, especially with Titan. Like, cash at me three months rent, and I would be wet and ready to go, too. Titan is like Sarah's ideal type of daddy of just taking care of her, going out of his way to make sure that she has everything that she needs. Like it is Sarah's ideal man, except he's not even a man. He's a gargoyle. <laughs> but listen, what that tail do, though, like I would be I would be but like I'm just like these gargoyles are not really into like human culture necessarily like they have like a couple of humans that they're into so i'm just like where did this gargoyle learn about daddy kink like was he just like on the internet and he was like yes this this is what i'm into and it turns out gargoyles are very like not sexually repressed at all like he's like these humans have so many ideas about like sex and sex work that are so antiquated i'm like okay titan Okay, I Daddy. see you. 
I see you being open-minded. <laughs> the smut in this book. Whew. Top tier. Listen. It was really good. Top tier. Like, I was into every smut scene. I think my favorite was probably when, when they're in the cave. Um, with, uh-huh. the, with the double penetration with his tail. Um, and I'm just very fascinated by his tail, too. Like... It's kind of like an erogenous zone. Yeah, um, that's what he described it as. Yeah, and he's like, but like, I'm like, buddy, where's that tail been? Has that been dragging on the floor? Where? <laughs> Have you watched this recently? <laughs> oh, but I was, I was so into it. I think that this is great. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the other gargoyles are into. Like, are all the gargoyles daddies, or like? Is each gargoyle going to be, like, a different kink explored? I'm very interested to see where she goes with this. I feel like this book was the perfect balance of smut and interesting plot. Like, there's so much, there's so many places she could go with this. The plot itself left off on a bit of a cliffhanger in terms of, like, they were looking for this relic that's supposed to help them locate a relic room. Um, that's like the key to the relic room, but they have other gargoyles who are like trying to get in their way and we don't really know like what their driving factor or motivation is. So like we have a lot of interesting plot going on that she can take in a lot of interesting places while also giving us a bunch of really hot gargoyle sex. Yeah. And I like that he also can have a human form when he needs to. So then like... Like, they can kind of live out in society, but I am concerned about her lifespan. Right? That's a very good point. So, like, I wonder if we're going to get any of that in the future. Like, is she just, like, is he just going to outlive her? Or is there a way that she can live as long as him? Like, can their souls be joined These are all great questions. Jillian, we need answers. Yeah, she, like, I would be so upset. If, like, she's going to die, <laughs> he's, like, 700 years old. But he's, he's just, like, with her as she ages, and he's like, all right, I guess you got to die now. I'll yeah. just be here. But, I mean, there's witches and stuff, too, and, you know, so I, I imagine that there's a workaround around this. They've, they've got to find a way to make her live longer. Um, but I think his gargoyle bros are kind of getting interested. They're kind of, like... Hey, what's up? Oh, we also have to talk about how they don't have any fucking doors in this house. They have no doors. Because they're all so Uh, big. Yeah, and their wings would get caught on it. They also have a female assistant who one of the gargoyles is definitely interested in. And I also think that one of the witches that was introduced in this book is going to be a love interest in one of the future books. So I'm very excited to see where she goes with it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the world building was great and the smut... Uh, was excellent and the daddy kink was on point titan is a good daddy a plus i also think the conflict in it was like really believable and also like i could see it from both sides like her being frustrated with him because he's trying to solve all her problems when she's been independent her whole life and like taking that satisfaction away from her and him being frustrated with her because he's like i'm just doing what i can to take care of you and you're not appreciating it like i understood both sides of that dynamic it was very believable yeah for sure and just the way he was just shelling out fat stacks and just <laughs> buying her shit online. I was like, yeah, this is what we like. <laughs> spend- you can see what which part Sarah was focused on. <laughs> yeah, spend money on me. Like, I'm here for it. Like, seriously, when he just, like, didn't even blink when she handed her phone to him and she was like, this is how much money I need to stay. And he's like, Done. He's like done, and then not a problem. Uh, and like, he was just so nice too. Like he just went down on her, and she just passed out. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm a giver." Mm-hmm. Gargoyles over men. All day. That's the real. It's the real moral of that story. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> just. For our last book, of course, we couldn't do a daddy episode without mentioning Omega's Obsession by the one and only Sarah Blue. 
Because who doesn't love uh, Daddy Alpha, Daddy Alpha Grayson? Yeah, we're not going to talk about it long, but I mean, we're doing a daddy episode, and I had to put my daddy book in there. This is a very low-type daddy, but he's the kind of daddy I love. He spoils her. He's in charge in bed. Like, he keeps the whole pack alive, really. He's everybody's daddy, even though she's the only one who calls him daddy. Because everyone else in the pack is fucking nuts. (laughs) Yeah, so he's got to keep it together for everybody. But I am working on a book that is a much deeper dive into Daddy Kink, and that is Charming Your Dad. And that is going to be out September 30th. And it's, I don't even know what genre to put this book in anymore. It's kind of like a dark romantic comedy. (laughs) Like, some of the jokes are really fucked up, and there's like murder and stuff. So I don't know what. I'm so excited for it. Genre to put that under. But yeah, so that one's going to be definitely a deeper dive into it. Um, And I've got some honorable mention daddies. And listen, if you want more Rex, follow me on Goodreads because it is my second biggest folder on Goodreads. Um, But these are just some that stick out to me. Call Me Daddy by Jade West. Personally, when I read it, it was a while ago. Um, And this was a little bit too intense for me, honestly. It just felt like he wanted too much from her. Um, Like, he wanted her to be his lover, but to also be his kid, in a way. Like, it it was very bizarre for me. But as you know, Jade West always brings the spice. I mean, every Jade West book I've read has been, like, near insane when it comes to the smut. Um... Pretty much every Jessica novella has Daddy Kink in it. Oh, I put it on the list. Return All by Eve Dangerfield is uh, the other one that has Daddy Kink in it. Unconditional by QB Tyler. That is very light on Daddy Kink, but that's also her stepfather. That's really heavy on Taboo, though. It is very heavy on Taboo, but that book did something to me. I I wasn't ready. I I was shooketh. Um... It like the taboo aspect of it is what made it like ten times hotter. Like that's how I felt about reading Priest too. Like Priest got on my nerves uh, because he was so indecisive, but like the taboo ness of it just like made it so hot. Um, the Dirty First Dates novellas by Harley Larrow. Um, I think two out of the three have Daddy in them, and those are just like short, spicy, dirty contemporary books, and. We already, Bianca Cole, we already talked about her, and it was a book that I wasn't a fan of because he was mean, is Cruel Daddy. So you can go (laughs) read that book and let me know if you like mean daddies. We can agree to disagree. And my inbox is always open to discuss daddies. Got a daddy rack? Drop it to me. She wants it. I want it. All right, let's talk about uh, all of my reading recently has been for these episodes that we're recording today. So I want to talk about what I'm looking forward to reading. The end of June and beginning of July have so many good books coming out. I just want to mention a few. The new Bonds That Tie book is coming out. I cannot even express to you how excited I am for that at the end of this month. Glow by Raven Kennedy is coming out in a few days. Actually, by the time I release this episode, it will either be on release day or the day after so very excited to read that and wild game which is the next book in the state of grace series by colette rhodes so excited for that release too uh so many good things coming cannot wait to read them all sarah what are you excited about i am also excited about all of those books (laughs) um i have a feeling sam and i are gonna be buddy reading pretty much all of these um Mm -hmm. you know like Gosh, the new Bonds That Tie book, that is going to be like a midnight read. Uh, yes. Like, I have, that cover? Ugh. Atlas. Who knew Atlas was so fine? Not I. Not I. I was, I was not uh, picturing him that insanely good looking and seeing, Ugh. I think that might be my favorite cover. Yeah. Because Gabe's is my least favorite. Gabe's is also my least favorite. I would say North's is my second favorite. I would agree. Like, obviously, we're both just sluts for the dark-haired, dicky mm. uh, <laughs> main character. 
But Atlas, whew, I saw like on comments, people were like, okay, Atlas just moved up in my rating because of this yeah. cover, which I was, did. I was already an Atlas simp, so you didn't need to tell me, but whew, and uh, don't lie to the audience. Griffin is your number one. Oh, all I didn't day, say he was day. my number. I said he was ranked high. <laughs> Griffin is daddy of the pack. Okay. Well, I don't know. Griffin and North are co-daddies. <laughs> And speaking of which, I picked up this book the other day, guys. The title was Quadruple Daddies. So I went into this book (laughs) thinking I was going to get four of those. What did I get? None. You can't be putting She's She's very upset about this, you guys. You cannot put that word in the title and that not deliver. There was no daddy to be found anywhere in the quadruple daddy's book. None. This is bullshit. (laughs) But Glow as well. Glow is thick. Glow is like, I think, almost 700 pages. I can't wait. I know. I didn't. I honestly thought that that was the last book. Um, So, like, I'm kind of upset that it's not, but also excited that the story is going to continue. I just know that something fucking hurtful is going to happen at the end of it. Because Raven Kennedy wants to hurt us. She does. She enjoys our pain. So does Jay Bree. When they're out there just hurting us. I feel like all authors get off on hurting us a little bit. God, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they stay focused and write these series. Like, I, I, like power to you. Like Jay Bree is a fucking machine with how quickly she gets out these books. Same with the Twisted Sisters. Like, uh huh. Like, and their books are long as fuck. They are. They. I am team edit for brevity when it comes to them. We are firmly on team edit for brevity on uh, this Mutton Spice podcast. But I mean, those things are thick, and I mean, they're just churning them out like no one's business. Like, I just like. I'm just, like, in awe on, like, how you stay focused. Like, how do you not take in people's opinions? I guess maybe you do. Like, if someone brings up a point, you might change, like, a a huge plot point in your series. Um, I guess the biggest thing is that you just need to continually work on it. Like, don't write the first book, let it come out, and then start the second book. Like, you've got to already have to have everything mapped out. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, (sighs) really good things coming. We're excited. All right. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Spunt and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would love you forever if you did. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We also now have a Facebook page for the Smut and Spice Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, we would love it if you could give us a like there as well. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening.